continue their sell-off, ladies and gentlemen. We're here at the end of the third quarter, our third straight losing quarter, a streak that Wall Street has not seen since 2009. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to BHS Live. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger. I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. And Toby, I have to tell you, I am at wit's end with this thing. The markets are continuing to go down. There doesn't seem to be an end in sight unless you're going to be able to tell the listeners something different. Let's say you. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't even know where to start. I mean, again, we've had a a lot of people listen to this podcast and they're going to say, well, geez, Toby sounds like a broken record. He's been talking about why the market's going down and why it's overpriced and all that good stuff. Right. Think of it this way. We're in an environment to which there is no model. There is no analog really in history. And maybe going back to World War II. And I guarantee you that nobody running money was running money in World War II. I have said repeatedly that also the millennial and the, the Gen X money managers have never managed money, you know, in a in a seven percent inflation world. Right. And and so for lack of a better word, Todd, most money managers, people who've been successful in investing, they have a playbook. And the playbook sort of says that, for instance, when you're going into a recession, you want to own the most, the least exciting things in the world. You want to own Kellogg. You want to own utilities. Uh, you want to own Tupperware, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Cotton, that, right. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that playbook is totally blown up. Who made the who made the uh, the new lows today? The fifty two week lows, Kellogg, Nike, yeah. utilities. The, yeah. the, the entire playbook that somebody learned from somebody else who learned from somebody else is not working, and it's not working because in the g- largest scheme of things, imagine if you you know were on the moon and you just landed here today, and you'd say, now wait a minute, Russian invaded Ukraine, and then they annexed four counties or you know part of the country, and nobody's shooting back other than the Ukrainians. Oh, by the way, Ukraine is going to join NATO. So we're going to have NATO at war with Russia. I know. All of it. It's as negative as it gets. And you said it best a few weeks ago when I asked that specific question, what is the bottom going to look like? And you said it's when everything is down. Everybody is saying everybody's negative. Nothing's looking good. And here we are right now, Toby, at this very moment, you have a Dow Jones industrial average down over 500 points on the final trading day of the quarter. And there is zero optimism out there. Goldman Sachs is coming out saying, and that we have yeah. further downside to go. JP Morgan says the same thing. I'm saying it. You're saying it. Now, here we are. Everybody's negative. Is now the time to get back in? Well, I mean, that's, you know, remember, that is also like the second problem with a, a true bear market. Remember, there's recessions, there's bear markets, and then there's bear markets where the Fed has caused the recession. And in those those types of recessions, meaning that um, it's funny, there was a, a, a one of the ex-Fed governors uh, on the this morning. And of course, he's saying the same thing I'm saying. So that means he's the smartest son of a bitch in the world. He said, look, at, let's not make this too complicated. In the history of the Federal Reserve Bank from 1913, I believe, or 1914, when inflation rates, price inflation rates are higher than the Fed funds rate, that is inf- that's inflationary. So because it makes money worth nothing, right? It, it, it's cheap. The only way you break this type of hyperinflation is for the Fed. And we just got the PCE numbers out today. Um, shockingly, inflation's not going down. And as I've said all along, the, the real meat of inflation, the uh, price, uh, personal consumption expenditure numbers are rent, housing equivalent, food, uh, and you know manufacturing. And all of those are 
are hyper elevated and manufacturing hyper is de-elevated. So there's no and getting you did out see, of this. And, and you also said that the PCE number is really the critical gauge that the Fed concentrates on when Absolutely. they're making their decisions. They don't follow, yeah, they don't follow CPI because CPI does have energy prices, it does have food prices in it, and these are very volatile. But what they're trying, but anyway, the, the, what, what everyone needs to understand is that until the Fed, if, if the PCE is four and a half percent, which it is sort of right now, and the Fed funds rate is 3.5%, and they need to raise rates above the 4.5%, let's call that 5%, then that seven and a quarter percent mortgage you had today, which a year ago was two and a quarter, that mortgage rate is going to be nine and a half percent. When mortgage rates are nine and a half percent, no one's going to be selling a home to buy a new one because their mortgage, their, the fixed rate mortgage is the greatest thing in the world. The Fed is going to raise rates, going to have to. They know it. They just can't look you in the eye and say it. We're going to raise rates until we get over this, that, that PCE rate, and we're going to break things. Meaning that look at the you know UK this week. If they didn't step in and buy fifty-five billion dollars worth of bonds, there would have been a financial crisis in the UK, the equivalent of <laughs> when they devalued the uh, the currency. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so th that's a break, and there they stepped in. But we have uh, over a hundred countries in the world that buy stuff from us. You know, remember, uh, eighteen percent of our GDP is exporting stuff that we make, and it's in dollars. So since every currency in the world, including the yuan, the, the RMB from China, is down 20 or 25% against the dollar. We've already broken stuff. We've already broken the currencies in our trading partners. And what that means is, is they're going to be buying less of our stuff. And then number two, what we've got from Nike and what we're going to get from Apple and we got from all the global you know, multinationals is about nine to 10% of their earnings per share have gone away, evaporated because of the repatriation of you know the RMB into the dollar. When you go from a currency that's 20% devalued underneath your value, when you put it back into dollars, you're losing 20% of that uh, revenue. So we're just getting into earnings season. Yeah. Um, we've already had almost a historic amount of pre-announcements and all bad, not good. Right. And we haven't come to grips with the fact that like Nike, uh, Nike comes out and says, we have like 500% more inventory than we ever had relative to this yep. time of year. And that's because of two things. I guess the good news is, is because the uh, the ships, container ships are finally, you know, delivering their goods. The bad news is all those back orders aren't needed because we have this severe imbalance still between, you know, consumer demand and actual product stuff. So you're going to see this across the, the spectrum. And what that says is, if you just use the math, the S&P 500 fair value today going forward is not on $255 of, of earnings per share. You have to discount those about 20%. At 200 bucks a share, the S&P 500 is worth about 3,200. Well, it's like 3,600 today. Yeah. Is that 10% lower? Yeah. But if you really do the math, the S&P 500 is probably on forward earnings worth about 3000 So that's another 20% down. When it mm -hmm. goes down 20% and stocks are selling, you know, remember, bonds are going down at the same rate. Right. You've run, run out of options. You can't go buy a 10-year bond. It's going down in value. So the people who have to put money out there are just doing, you know, building cash in money market yeah. accounts. We hit a record amount uh, yesterday. I'm sure today will be another record. All, well, of this, Todd, yeah. all, all of this is framed by 12 years 
of the largest monetary system distortion that's ever happened in the world economy, and that's the U.S. Central Bank pumping in essentially $9 trillion from 2010 of free money into the system and making, you know, essentially reversing what I sort of call financial gravity. The Fed was like anti-gravity. Anything was worth whatever you said it was. There was no price discovery because every time you tried to short something because it was overvalued, it went up in value 20%, you got killed. So we were so far over our skis, it's so out of balance. We're now in this rebalancing form. And this rebalancing is just going to cause a lot of pain because the valuations are so distorted. All right, the SPACs have all got blown up. I love on the 52-week highs today, all of them were SPACs ahead at $10 or $10 and one cent because that's how much <laughs> cash they have in their, you know, in their <laughs> reserve account. Um, right. But look at the 52-week lows today or over the weekend. It will blow you away. Everything that's yeah. supposed to work is not working. And that's when people yep. finally say, okay, I'm out. And all the cult stocks are dead. I, I got a note from someone yesterday whose son had inherited like $150,000 from his grandfather. And all he bought was crypto and, you know, Fastly and Shopify and all the hot stocks. And now the 150 grand is worth $11,000. Yeah. Um, that is when, when those stories start getting out and people start saying, holy mackerel, okay, I can't take the pain. And we're going to see that on big volume down day. And you're going to see it with the VIX, the fear index, rising to historic high over 40. Yeah, yeah. And then basically all the people who have to sell or couldn't stand the pain anymore have sold. That's where you have a bottom in the stock market. And I can't tell you where that is, but I'll, I'll be a lot more interested. We're 80% in cash. We sold all of most of our energy stuff. Everything else took 70%. We're up 70% in our managed accounts. Why be greedy and why be a pig here? Uh, I'm yeah. going to let the market come back to me. Yeah, and, we, and then, well, you and then do it like we did in April 2020. And, and for the listeners, that's actually considered the Wall Street fear gauge right now. And that was a number, and you had been mentioning this over the last several weeks when you said the VIX was just hovering. It was in the mid-20 range. It wasn't doing very much. It wasn't giving us the, the, um, the seal that we normally look for when it comes to a very volatile market. And here we yeah. actually clipped 30 all week. Today we're at 31 spot five, and it only shows that it's going to continue rising. And if that's the case, again, fear is there, misery is there. Wall Street is, is exceptionally bearish right now. I talked to our friend Jeff Hirsch this afternoon, he gave me a call and we were talking and normally he would be a little bit more on that on the optimistic side sort of in October. And he came right out and he told me, he says, I'm not thinking that way at all. He goes, there's way too many headwinds out there. You got the geopolitical risk, you got the earnings risk, and you mentioned it with earnings. You have that's coming out in a few weeks. And right now, Wall Street analysts could not be any more negative about yeah. earnings that I mean they are they are literally when the beginning of the quarter, they actually were thinking earnings were going to rise uh year over year. They actually had a number that was what uh here it was over nine percent. Yeah, that now it's all the way down to two point nine percent growth. When you're showing that type of negative, that type of um, of downside in just three months, that gives you the feeling that things are going to be really bad going yeah. into this shopping yeah, and, season. Yeah, and, and again, I've said this all summer, but cash is a strategy in yes. a bear market. And, you know, money market funds are paying two and a quarter percent. You can get a, a two-year treasury bond at four spot 25, in other words, four and a quarter. And uh, and don't worry. I mean, when when you can sell that T-bond in a second. No, there's, there's no problem with liquidity there. Uh, 
this is just an unparalleled economic, global economic issue on top of an unparalleled geopolitical risk, on top yes. of an unparalleled energy uh, emergency. And when you see American multinationals, the best managed companies in the world, when you see 25% of their sales are in the EU and in UK, mm-hmm. those, you know, they're both in already in deep recessions. Yes. We haven't gotten to the winter. Nope. Uh, if, if, if the Russian uh, December 2nd boycott is not settled, oil prices are going to be uh, back over $100 quickly. Very quick. And discretionary. Look at all the discretionary stocks. Yep. They're down 40, 50% because yep. discretionary spending is down 40 to 50%. Um, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not a gloomy Gus. I'm just a, a abject realist, Todd. Yeah. And after 12 years of the largest distortion of values in everything, Bitcoin, horse racing, freaking the Todd <laughs> Schoenberger uh, baseball card. <laughs> Yeah, everything. So, so the reckoning. This is. is the reckoning. Um, we're starting a new uh, program for our uh, newsletters uh, called the uh, you know how to make and protect your wealth in a distorted world. And and so I'm now calling this the Great Distortion. Uh, and it's there's going to be more pain for longer. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, there's no reason to be a hero right now. Cash, money market account is a great way to preserve your wealth if yeah. you're already wealthy. And if you're not already wealthy, then I absolutely, you know, if you had $100,000, I'd do $2,000 a month, you know, starting uh, when the Fed starts to say, hey, it looks like we're getting to the top. The market will stop going down when the Fed says we're done. The market will stop going down when we get inflation prints that are lower than the the Fed's rate that is coming. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's hard to draw and connect the dots to say when that's going to happen because we're going to get a 75 basis point hike again. Or Europe is going to have a 70. The UK is going to have a 75 basis three quarter percent raise. We've never had all the global central banks all fighting seven percent inflation at the same time. Yeah, but other than that, Todd, things are peachy. Yeah, things are great, right? I know, things are I know. really great. Exactly. Well, I mean, and we're to go with that and and go to a commercial break right now. Now, but coming up next, and we we have to talk about this Hurricane Ian. The the damage, the economic damage is. I mean, I can't Staggered. even imagine what these people are going through. The economic damage is absolutely out of control. I mean, the, the numbers are just mind blowing right now. And we're going to talk about that after the break, and and really talk about it a little bit with these insurance stocks and see if there is something that maybe we can make a position in. But um, yeah. but right now, I have to say the numbers are horrendous, and we'll um, but we'll talk more about that obviously after the break. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with VHS Live. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts, or watch on the American Maritime Partnership's YouTube channel.
Welcome back, everyone, to BHS Live. Uh, we are coming to you uh, on the final trading day of the month and the final trading day of the third quarter. And the numbers are just as bearish as, as we can get. I mean, I don't really know where else to go from here. But, Toby, I mean, to make matters worse, here in uh, you know in the southeast part of the country, they are experiencing just a horrific and catastrophic storm with this Hurricane Ian. And now the, the storm has made its way uh, to circle into the Carolinas. It's actually hitting South Carolina as we record this right now. But the economic damage is $67 billion right now. I mean, if you look at the images, it's absolutely horrible. People have not just lost everything. I mean, there's not even a place to even restart. I mean, these towns have just been decimated. And here's what caught my eye, though, Toby. You have 60% of Florida residents actually don't have flood insurance. I'm very surprised by this. I'm, I'm not sure if there's mortgages involved or not, why why homeowners wouldn't, you know, or a mortgage company wouldn't come in and, and require that. But um, but only 30% of all this damage, 67 billion, only 30% is going to be covered by commercial insurance right now. So the insurers actually were, were up yesterday, yeah. down today, uh, could be because all of the broader averages were down as well. But I have to say, I mean, is there any chance to maybe take advantage of the insurance company sell-off today? I mean, is it something to get in maybe with travelers or Fidel? National? Well, Travelers is not a big, uh, you know, PNC guys. They're, it's the, really the reinsurance companies. And what's it's strange, Todd, it's always, usually, it's always blown my mind for a while when I f- first started in the business was when there would be a big hurricane in Florida, the reinsurance companies would go up in value. It was mm-hmm. only very rare that they went down in value. And yeah. it's because uh, obviously they have reserves against this, you know, for to be a licensed reinsurance company, you have to have a serious amount of cash on hand that is Essentially, is equal to what your potential liabilities are, and if the if the damage is less, I mean, obviously, for a while there, uh, everybody was braced for Armageddon across, uh, you know, Tampa, which has yeah. three and a half people and has never had a flood and thir- you know a hurricane like that in a hundred years. Yeah. So the, the markets were braced for a hundred year hurricane going into Tampa. Not that Fort mm-hmm. Myers is you know uh, that small, but Tampa's three and a half million people. Also, it's extremely the elevation average elevation in Tampa Bay is like four feet over seawater, right? So with that huge storm surge, which was just, you know, I've seen it before, it just blows you away. That's So that's what they were being priced at. I like the actually company Reinsurance Group of America, RGA. Yeah. Uh, they're, very, they're very well run. They do have, ex, you know, exposure in the rate. Remember, reinsurance is just simply, I'm an insurance company and I, I can only take on X amount of risk based on my regulatory framework. And so I sell the extra risk to a reinsurance company uh, and they cover it and and then, you know, they, they get to hold on to the cash and make money on the cash. Uh, and if they have to pay out, then they've reinsured the reinsurance company. So it's a, it, they plan for it. That's what the business they're in. They're just in, in pricing risk and then, and then creating uh, contracts that are, are, are a win-win for them. They don't lose money and they make money on the float. So yeah. Um, and the stock was up uh, almost 1% today, despite the sell-off in the market. So clearly I think a lot of investors are thinking like you're thinking right now, yeah. that if you're going to get into any type of ad, into the insurance play look for those reinsurers yeah i mean the one that the one that i we bought call options on and sold you know when the news came up was generac generac's the guys who make the generators and boy particularly in california and other areas that have had you know fires and floods and fires and floods and pg and e failing 
for 35 days and, you know, that sort of stuff. Generac, if you're building a home right now, and, you know, everyone I know who's building a home right now is putting a Generac, and that's all yeah. over the country. You'd be an idiot to spend a couple million bucks to build a house and not have a freaking Generac system in there. The one that, that uh, I recommend is also that you know, they have a solar panel. So if you run out of diesel gas, because you got to put diesel in the freaking thing to run the motor, you can, you can run it off a battery pack. And if you live in these areas, you're going to have it. I'll tell you that the bigger issue is, to me, in this part of Florida, this always happens. When there's a big hurricane like this, people leave Florida forever. They, they, yeah. they, they say, I can't take it any longer. You know? and, and so it's going to hurt Florida, the fastest growing state per capita. And so if, you know, if, you're, uh, if you're looking to move to Florida, give yourself about three months. <laughs> because that's going to be the one place where prices are, are significantly down. Yeah, I wonder if everybody will move back to New York then. Yeah. No, you can't do that. Man. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's the state income tax that drove them out of New York, so they're not coming back for that. Nah, don't that come, no, don't I don't. Come, come to Arizona. Don't come to Arizona. We don't go. have any hurricanes. We don't have no, any state income tax. <laughs> come on. No, you're right about that. You're right. Well, there there are several reinsurance uh, companies, actually. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of them that didn't do so hot today. There's a company called Everest Reinsurance Group. They didn't do, uh, they were down close to 2%. But your yeah. Reinsurance Group of America seems to be a good one. Serious Point was up 1% today. That's another one that's a reinsurer. We'll provide a lot of these on our Twitter feed. But I mean, when you look at some of the these numbers, that could be the way to go because the because the overall, the insurance, the economic impact is going to be bad. I mean, here it actually, the hurricane actually strengthened back to a cat one going into South Carolina. So they're not going to be as, as I would think, will not be seeing the property damage like they saw in Florida. But either way, it's not going to be good. Well, they and, have the, uh, and, yeah, I mean, Carolinas have the natural, I mean, look at the poor breaker islands off of the Sanibel and some of those ones down there. Yeah. North Carolina has the same thing, except nobody lives on them. I could not believe Sanibel had that, you know, much real estate and people living there. They, I, they knew it. I, I do not understand in any way the lack of flood insurance. The, uh, because is, if you live in a crazy? floodplain, you have to have, you know, insurance. If you have a mortgage, right. it may be that, yeah. you know, there's a lot of older people down there. Maybe they own their homes for cash and they don't want to pay the premium. Um, yeah, maybe the source of that was from CNBC and that was in uh, yesterday. So yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not sure where they got that figure from, but uh, it was on uh, on CNBC yesterday and they mentioned it. I mean, it can um, when you see numbers like that, then that immediately says to me that you're going to need government assistance to come in. Oh, and yes. um, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about that. So that's yeah. a whole other my, topic. My favorite but, um, part is irrespective of the politics, Ron DeSantis was the guy who got all jiggy about the uh, FEMA coming in and stuff that paid in New Orleans and there he was jiggy about. And now he's like... Yeah, yeah. I Emma, know. Please, I know. will you come? Everybody yells about it until they need it. I know. Until yeah, you need exactly. help, it. I mean, it's wasteful yeah, when you, spending in your backyard, yeah. but not in right. Your exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. That it's heartbreaking to see some of these uh, images. Absolutely, I can't oh, even yeah. imagine what these people are going through. But, but, um, but anyhow, but, um, but listen, coming up after after the break, Toby Knight. This isn't going to be an abbreviated version of VHS Live. We are just going to give you our buy hold sell predictions coming up, and we hope you stick with us. Thank you.
Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Live. We're coming to you on Friday, September 30th, the final day of the month, as well as the final day of the quarter. You don't need to know the numbers because you've already, if you're tuning in, you know how bad it is. So, but we do have a couple of predictions here. We have this is our buy, hold, sell. So, Toby, let's make some money. All right. So what do you think? Well, we've been negative on semiconductors for a variety of reasons. They sort of held up. And then I like the SOXS, SOXS, which is the three times short bear market or bear of the semis. The reason is, is that talked about the pandemic pull forward effect on all sorts of companies. I mean, look at uh, look at DocuSign. The stock went up to 322 bucks. It's now $48 and going lower. All, why? Because everybody signed up for DocuSign at the work from home, et cetera, and then they peaked out. Everybody's extrapolating their growth rate out the next five years, when in fact they had five years of sales up in, in one year or two years. And the same thing in semiconductors, particularly when Apple came out uh, this week and said, hey, um, you know, we're not going to really make as many of these new iPhones. No, Number one and number two, people aren't buying nearly as fast as the last one because they didn't upgrade their, you know, their chip, their speed chip. So yeah, SOXS, uh, it's a trade, but it will move a good twenty to thirty percent down from here because semiconductors have at least ten percent to go before they bottom. So I like that. In terms of the okay. whole, I, I'm just holding any of the Master Limited Partnerships Energy MLPs we recommended USAC a while back, which makes okay. people, which leases compressors, which no matter what the price of that gas is you have to have 10,000 horsepower compressors to get it anywhere so i've recommended a number of those hold them now there's no really good high dividend you're getting almost a 14 percent dividend on that uh and and then you know the sell is i'm saying and slamming the semiconductors if you're holding nvidia or amd 
or Intel or any of the uh, any of the chips that go into these uh, Apple products, you got to sell yeah. this thing here because they have a they have a backward. They have too much inventory. When you get too much inventory, uh, prices go down, margins go down. Micron's numbers came out this week. They you know took their numbers way down. Uh, so you know, semis gave us a great ride from 2010 to 2022, but it's a new ball game, Tato. Yeah, you're right about that. I have to agree with you. And and with that, I mean with with uh, Micron and yeah, you're right. Those numbers were coming out. And I think a, another another issue was inventory. And you know, it, right. even with technology. I mean, this stuff, you know, it, it goes stale. So well, I mean, the, the you, thing that Micron you, said was that, you know, the auto industry had double ordered, triple ordered, right? That's what you do when you're, you're short on stuff. And yeah. now, 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 now the auto industry is saying, hey, hey, we got enough uh, chips. Yeah. Well, right. Wait a minute. You know, that's a that's a shocker. So that like was the six, biggest... nine months ago. We, we were what? at a huge, um, you know, we yeah. had a supply crunch. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, the theme is whatever's up is down. Whatever's down is down. We are in a... The, the most unique macroeconomic global world we've had really since World War II. And I think people don't appreciate that for like the bottom 60% of the ho- households in the United States, their discretionary spending number has gone to zero. They're not yeah. going to be buying a new Apple phone for $1,400. Um, yeah. and, and the companies aren't going to give them the $1,400 free because they don't have the credit. They got to prepay. So, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, c- cash, cash yeah. mutual fund, 2%, you know, at your Vanguard or your Fidelity or Schwab or whatever uh, money market account. Yeah. It, it's, it, you will want want to have that cash when caca totally hits the fan (laughs) and people you know people the final holdouts say just screw it i can't take it anymore i don't know when that's going to be i think it's probably in the next six months but we we got such great buys you know, in the in the essentially pandemic meltdown, February to April, yep. where everything just dropped, you know, 35, 40% of energy, particularly went down like 60, 70% for stuff that, pay, you know, that pays dividends, right. that, that have long contracts. You know, it was, it was, they had to sell them because everything was melting down. Yeah, we no, get one of those meltdowns weeks or months where everything goes down because everything's going down. You you know, people are, are trying to stay alive in yeah. the money business. And yeah. you first sell what you're Profits are in, and we've seen that because energy's pulled back. Um, you've already sold your SPACs. They've already sold the high, you know, the, the high multiple mm-hmm. stuff. Now you're you can't buy bonds; they're going down in value. You yeah. can't buy stocks; they're going down in value. The only yeah. thing that's staying keeping its value is cash in a money market fund, um, and you know, buying a two-year Treasury bill. Yeah, we own we own tens of millions of the two-year Treasury bond. We're getting four point three percent, and yeah. loving every, every minute of it. Love it, love it. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you my buy is going to be. Disney right now. Now this stock's been get killed as been getting killed just like every other stock out there down 39% year to date. But I love this Disney Plus. They just named their first ever president for Disney Plus. Uh, executive named Alyssa Bowen. Uh, she comes very highly regarded yep. within Disney, but also in the streaming industry. Uh, right yep. now, Disney Plus, they have 152 million subscribers, Toby. Imagine that. 152 million paid subscribers. December, they're launching their ad-supported uh, tier. Nobody knows what that's going to bring up, but bottom line is, is that it's going to bring in something to that bottom line. And then they're <laughs> going to be looking at price increases sometime in the fourth quarter, despite what is looking what we're looking at in a potential catastrophic recession or any way you want to call it, any way, any adjective you want to use. But at the end of the day, you're going to have some people leaving because of the price, because of that increase, like we've seen with Netflix over the years. But if they provide great content, 
Disney is going to be one of those. Disney Plus is going to be the winner, and that's going to only carry over into Disney stock. So I, I highly I, I, I agree with you, A and B. They're going to merge Hulu into Disney Plus. There's no yeah. reason to have a separate brand. It's just because yeah. they had all those brands they got when they bought Fox yeah. you know, Television, or excuse me, the Fox uh, Network. But no, they're they're going to put Hulu together, and they'll have an unbeatable value proposition. Disney Plus Hulu is fabulous. Definitely agree with you. Okay, my hold is what you've been saying. Cash is a strategy. So I say cash. Cash is king. The Goldman Sachs Marcus Savings Account is the highest yielding online savings account I could find. Right now, it's paying two spot, one, five percent. Yeah, that's not the best, but let me, you know, but it's out there. But listen, if you want liquidity and you want to earn a couple of extra bucks, you're not going to get a higher yield out there than the Goldman Sachs market savings account. You can do everything online through their app. I highly recommend it. They have zero, uh, we have zero incentive to actually say all of this, but I am trying to, I'm selling it because I love it. And it's definitely the way to go. And so we should use as well. All right, my sell. Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Now, I just realized this. I know. Bye Bye Baby is actually a subsidiary of Bed, Bath, and Beyond. And it was their last great hope, Toby. Everybody, this company, they were expecting this Bye Bye Baby to actually save the company. Well, get this. Their sales are even down. They're down 28% year over year. This is their last glimmer of hope right now before you put the plywood up in the windows and you shut those doors forever. Bed, Bath & Beyond has got to be a non-starter. If you haven't sold it yet, they sell it and move on because this thing isn't doing anything for you. Listen, there were some buyers out there. It was one of those meme stocks. If you're buying it, you're simply gambling. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Not even even worth it. Unscrew you, Todd. You're right. There you go. There you go. So you definitely, you just want to get out of that thing if you haven't already. So, So listen, we have a big week coming up next week. We're going to have um, a special guest with us. I'm not going to say who it is just yet, but uh, but who's going to be joining us and who can give us some great information as far as what we can look forward to in the month of October, as well as the remaining fourth quarter. So for all of the listeners out there, you definitely will want to tune in. We appreciate everything you're doing. Feel free to tell your friends about us listening to us on the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can also hear us where you pick up your favorite podcast. So Toby, we're out. It's Ravens weekend, big weekend. We're playing the Buffalo Bills, my friend. So you know, I'm, you know, I'm actually going to watch that damn Todd. You better, because everybody's going to be watching, and we have, we'll have something else to talk about next week. So everyone, thanks again for listening to us here at BHS Live. On behalf of Tobin Smith, I'm Todd Schoenberger. Have a fantastic weekend and go Ravens! All right, good boy. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.